Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Are you a god? I'd buy that for a dollar. What are you? Jump Wyden? Visual Wyden? I'm Batman. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Welcome to another episode of Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. I'm Claire with my dad. Bill. And this is my mom. Danielle. For... Wait, what? Why is Danielle on this podcast? What's happening? This is Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. <laughs> I'm taking it over. I'm changing no, the name. No, it checks not. out. No, you're not. It's just her birthday episode. It's coming out on her birthday, but we record it on Mother's Day. And I'm a mother, so that works out well. So what we're doing is that we are recording a league of their own, and my mom is going to be here because it's one of her favorite movies, and she picked the movie to do this. Okay, so your mom picked the movie. All right, Danielle, why did you pick A League of Their Own? Um, I love A League of Their Own because uh, I'm a history teacher, and it's a historical fiction that's based on real events um, from the 1940s. Uh, detailing the development of the Women's Professional Baseball League. I'm also a huge baseball fan, so that, you know, kind of fits for me. And it has Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna and Gina Davis. And it has Madonna? Yeah, it has Madonna. <laughs> like, can't go wrong with Madonna. There was Madonna and Glee cast. I was watching Glee the other day, and they were. And it was a whole episode about Madonna. Yeah. I don't even think she sings in this, though. Was, she did a brief stint where she wanted to just act, and this was one of her films. Yeah, she did a bunch of movies in the mid-90s, some of which you will see, and some of which you will see much later. <laughs> Why? Because it's inappropriate? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Madonna and inappropriate go together very well. <laughs> so, Danielle, do you have anything in particular that you hope uh, Claire takes away from this, or is this just a chance for you to share a movie with her that you love? I think it's kind of an interesting film because most films that are set during World War II are about the battles or uh, possibly about the Holocaust or something like that. And this one shows more of the American home front during the time period. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I'm interested to see what she thinks about that because I know she's really interested in the Holocaust in particular and some World War II history in general. Like Mouse. Mm-hmm. Like Mouse, yeah. Um, and then also it has some really strong female characters, which is fantastic. Um, and it has Tom Hanks playing kind of a rare role for him because he's usually um, sort of a comedic figure or he's the hero or something. And in this one, he's a little bit of an anti-hero. So. That's right. We're bringing back hashtag Operation Hanksify because Tom Hanks is in this movie. Yay! <laughs> he, he is great in this movie. He's absolutely fantastic in this movie. And in fact, it's almost a detriment to him that he's so funny that he got all these comedic roles because... Uh, when he plays a Lush, he's great at it. Claire, do you know what Lush means? No. Danielle, do you want to explain that word? Um, I'm trying to think how to explain it using smaller words. A Lush is like someone who's... Uh, like a or of or is or <laughs> an. Well, no, what comes to mind immediately is overindulgent. And I'm like, oh, I don't. that might not be any easier to understand than Lush. That's um, dad joke number one. Thank you. That's good. Are we going to track them oh, we're gonna count we're them. gonna count them okay yeah. why are you doing dad jokes this is supposed to be a this is supposed to be about the kid here right so dad jokes that's no dad jokes are all about, about the, kids. the kids dad jokes are for the benefit of the children no one else thinks they're funny wait a second dad kid well other only dads. Think, dad other dads only thinks dads dads thinks that they're hilarious even though they're just like oh burn <laughs> That's pretty rough. All right, uh, Claire, let's see. Uh, wait, did I? Okay, no, so Lush. Hanks we were talking lush. about a Lush. Yeah. A Lush is somebody who's like kind of lazy and um, eats a lot or drinks a lot, you know, Snores. overindulges in things. They, they might sleep a lot. Um, like a cat. They're, they're not generally. No. no, not like a cat. No, uh, a Lush is really somebody who drinks too much alcohol and then spends a lot of their time drunk and not accomplishing things that they're supposed to which you're gonna have a pretty clear picture of by the end of this movie because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tom hanks plays an alcoholic in this movie yep okay 
So, Mom, um, this is how we do our podcast. For one thing, I know because you watch the things, you know that we do do spoiler alerts. So if you're a new person, we will do spoiler alerts in the middle section. And the format of it is that we do, um, first we do the intro, which is where we talked to, which is where we talked about what we think of the trailer. We talk about the storyline. We talk about why we picked this movie, maybe, um, why we're doing it, which is basically the same thing, just a little different. Then we watch the movie. We'll come back and we'll talk about the movie, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we wished that could have happened in the movie that didn't, what happens in the movie that we didn't, that could have not have. <laughs> so the events of the movie and what they meant to us, yeah. Yeah, basically. And then my dad will come back and talk about what it's like to be a parent and what it was like for me to watch this. And because my mom is here and she is obviously a mother, she will be doing it with my dad. So it won't be him. Yeah, so um, obviously your mom is participating in this, but she'll come back and then you get a chance to talk with us about the movie. Um, and then once that's done, uh, we can talk a little bit more about about, you know, sharing movies with Claire in general. Um, all right. So, Claire, I think of the list that you said in our first segment, the only thing that we haven't done is read the storyline. So for folks that haven't seen A League of Their Own, this is the storyline as described by IMDb. During World War II, when all the men are fighting in the war, most of the jobs that were left vacant because of their absence were filled in by the women. The owners of the baseball teams are not wanting baseball to be do- dormant indefinitely, decide to form teams with women. So scouts are sent all over the country to find women players. One of the scouts passes through Oregon and finds a woman named Dottie Hinson, who is incredible. He approaches her and asks her to try out, but she is not interested. However, her sister Kit, who wants to get out of Oregon, offers to go, but he agrees only if she can get her sister to go. When they try out, they're chosen and are on the same team. Jimmy Duggan, a former player who's now a drunk person, is the (laughs) team manager, but he doesn't feel as if it's a real job, so he drinks and is not exactly doing his job. So Dottie steps up. After a few months, when it appears the girls are not gathering any attention, the league is facing closure until Dottie does something that... dot, 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 dot. (laughs) What a strange summary. IMDb sometimes is such a useless website. Oh my gosh. Uh, But yeah, so I think that's a pretty accurate description of a lush in charge of a baseball team. If they did... Toddy does something that and continue doing that, it would probably just spoil the whole movie for you. Well, they could have just made it a complete sentence, though. Like, Dottie does something that surprises everyone. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. All right. Um, well, let's see. I, I don't think there's anything else that we really kind of need to talk about right now. Do you want to throw it to us on the other side, Claire? Yeah. Peace out, guys. See you in a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, a couple seconds. All right. Bye. Say, Evelyn. Can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that love that's three feet above your ass. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the matter, Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir! I didn't mean to do that. Perhaps you chastise her too vehemently. Good rule of thumb. Treat each of these girls as you would treat your mother. You want to ever tell you look like a penis with a little hat on? Oh, my goodness. 
You're out of here! Oh, no, right no, no, now, no, Jimmy, you, I heard you that! Misunderstood. You misunderstood! You misunderstood me! No, I you can't throw me out for that! No, you me. got a strike! Right the I can't believe no air called you that before! That's what you mean! I'm in charge now, alright! And we're back. We just finished watching A League of Their Own. So, Mommy, since you picked this out, why don't you say what you thought about the movie first? Well, this is one of my favorite movies, so I loved watching it. I enjoyed watching it with you. When was the last time you watched it? This movie? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't even remember. It's been years. Yes, yeah, Many years. Um, I did remember, I think I discovered this while watching Major League with you, but I rediscovered it watching A League of Their Own that I need to teach you all the rules to baseball. What did you think about it, Claire? I thought it was um, good. Good? All right, well, we'll put that on the poster. A League of Their Own. I thought it was dot, good. dot, dot, good? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What was the best part? When Kit, when Kit won the game. Mm-hmm. So you really identified with her wiping out her sister behind home plate? I was going for, the, for Kit's team. Oh, yeah? The one with the yellow dresses because she was originally with the peaches. Yeah. Why did you feel like you needed to root for um, Kit's new team instead of the peaches? Because I feel like Kit's team was like I like to root for the team that looks like that is like, um, well, not always winning, but I like to root for the team that I feel like has the best players or mm. like. Has like the best like organization because um, the beaches they had it like a um, they had Jimmy right. who wasn't really into the baseball. He was more into the tobacco drinking part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's maybe baseball in the 1940s, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Now <laughs> you just need steroids. Uh, they don't do tobacco anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, gum. Yeah. But Jimmy became a coach at the end. You know, it just took and him a while. And he stopped drinking when mm-hmm. um, Dottie introduced Coke to him. Yeah, it turned out Coca-Cola was the answer to alcoholism. That's a very strange <laughs> part of that movie. And then he still chewed tobacco, though. So I guess he can have a little bit of, like, drinking, sort of. Mm-hmm. Vice. A little bit of vice. Yeah. Things that are bad for you. Mm-hmm. But I want to more go for Doritos, not tobacco. Yeah, that's a better choice. Is it? It's like tobacco. It's just chippier <laughs> and tastes Chippy. better. Definitely tastes better. You're right about that. Hey, okay, okay, okay. Let's let's get back on to a league of their own. I think we're like going down some tangential paths. Um, but we're on Jimmy Dugan, and he's a character in the league of their own. He is a character in a league of their own. But um, but let's let's. Let's throw it over to your mom and let's uh, figure out because, you know, she picked this movie. So I'm a little bit curious to hear what uh, kind of is uh, on her mind as far as what she wants to talk to you about. Well, uh, you know, Claire does swim team Mm -hmm. and she's very competitive in that. And our season's getting ready to start. Um, So I'm curious from the perspective of an athlete, what do you think about all the rules that they had for the Women's Baseball League? First of all, if you're going to be doing baseball, why would you have a beauty school? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really have anything to do at all with baseball, but it has to do with selling tickets to baseball games. Because the people who are running the league, they're in it to make money. And they kind of show that a little bit, that they were going to close down the league because they weren't selling enough tickets. Um, And so they believed that the way to sell tickets was to make uh, to be able to market these baseball players as being really beautiful and somebody you want to come look at, um, which is, is that weird. Why they did like the um, if you catch a foul, you get a kiss. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. Catch what, a foul ball and what did you think about catch a foul ball and get a kiss? Well, I think it would be better if it was their husband because I don't <laughs> think their husbands would like it if they're kissing other men. Hmm. Okay. What if they don't have a husband? Well, then. As long as they don't have a boyfriend, go right ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you would, if that if that was, if they said to keep swim team running, 
you gotta kiss, kiss a fan or something like that. <laughs> that you would be okay with that? No. Why not? Honestly, for one thing, I'm too young. <laughs> okay, that's a really good point. That's, yeah, yes, that's good. fair. Right that's at the top point. of the list. Good answer. Good answer. For another thing, disgusting. Just kissing a stranger. Uh huh. And you're only gonna eat no one once. Uh huh. For the length of a kiss. Yeah. Gross. But did you? But do you if see? If I those? was gonna do that, I would just kiss my hand and put it on their cheek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then I'm not even mm-hmm. touching them. Mm-hmm. But well, I'm, well I mean, I'm touching them, but I'm leaks. I'm not getting my lips dirty. Uh, okay. Okay. So, what did you think about the fact that they, uh, the women playing in the uh, baseball league in the movie, felt like they had to do that in order to sell the sport? I don't think you should feel like you have to do something, unless if it's that sport, like. You can't win a game if you don't want to do the baseball. So, like, you feel like, so you feel, so my strategy for, like, so this kind of brings me to, like, test taking. Okay. Instead of feeling like I have to take this test, I feel like, well, at least I get to take the test. Okay. So, like, some people, like, some people feel like that because they have to take the test, it's just going to be boring and they're just going to answer the questions right away without even thinking them through so that's why they get bad scores but i feel like i get to take the test so i feel like i get in a reward for it so i'm like, not totally clear how your analogy relates to having to kiss the men on the sideline or something like that what i was saying what what i meant was they're feeling instead of feeling like they have to do that for baseball mm-hmm. feel like you get to do that for baseball get to kiss strangers no, I'm talking about doing the baseball. Oh, playing the game. You get to play baseball. Yeah, you get to play it, but not feel like you have to. Because I know that some of the women were kind of feeling like, I have to play this game, and I don't really want to. You don't have to. You oh, that's to. funny. I totally disagree. I think all of those women were absolutely thrilled to be playing and Except were grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, you know, I love this movie, but the way that they characterize Dottie's like reluctance to play the game bugs me a little bit. I like feel like there's character work that needed to be done a little bit there. So my take on Dottie Hinson, and I wish that they had done maybe a little bit better job on this is that she is torn between what she wants to do and what she feels like she's supposed to want to do. Um, because women in general, but especially women in 1943 um, are supposed to get married and be a mom. Right. And the only reason she wasn't doing that is because her husband was away at war. And so her whole life has been about pursuing that goal. Right. Get married to a nice guy who's the assistant manager of the dairy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's like living the dream. Um, and then when he gets back from war, she's supposed to drop everything, everything that she was doing and go right back to being the supporting character in his show um, and have kids and be a mom. And she, I get the impression that she wants to want to do that because she feels like she's supposed to, but it's not actually what she wants. Then why would, but instead of saying, but then why would she say that she didn't want to play baseball? Because I know she loved the baseball. She had lots of fun playing it. And... When, and when she knocked over, got herself hurt, she got right back and she got right back up and said, "It's nothing. Let's keep playing." Well, if you like, remember, there's she's a, strong. Yeah, she's very strong. There's a conversation between her and Jimmy Dugan where he says, "She says I don't need this," and he says, "Are you sure? Because you play like you love it." Um, and she very aggressively says, "I don't need this. I don't need this." And to me, it's like she's trying to convince herself, you know, that that she doesn't need this because. Um, women are not it. supposed to need anything other than being well, a I wife. Think, I think it's also going to hurt when um, Bob comes back from war and she has to quit this thing that she's already like, because if in that conversation with Jimmy, she says, oh, I need I need baseball, but I, I also want to do this. I think it's going to make it harder for her to quit it. And I think she's trying real hard to tell herself genuinely that that, that she doesn't need it. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
like my frustration with her is that they play that too close to the vest um, for the purpose of the movie. You know, Penny Marshall is a great writer. I love her movies and I do like a league of their own. I think she's great. I just, um, it's, it's not always totally clear that that's what her motivation is. Gina Davis plays it a little bit too cool, or maybe the character's lines are a little bit too cool to baseball. Like, you get to see her fun where she's loving playing with Kit, especially at the beginning. Like what like so at the very beginning of the movie when they're racing back from the ballpark, right, to go home and Kit starts walking faster than her and Dottie can't lose a walk fast race with her sister because that's how competitive they are, that it breaks into a full fledged like foot race uh, outright like that level of competitiveness falls off a little bit because I, I think Penny Marshall's trying to show that the character is you have you have Kit who's not married and you have Dottie who is married and she's trying to show their both of their different experiences with the baseball league. But I, I think you lose a little bit of Dottie's character as she tries to kind of tell that distinction of the story between somebody who's married and is, is gonna give it up and somebody who um, is maybe a bit more free because they're not married right now to, to pursue baseball further. Did she get married? Kit. Who? Oh, Kit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's there at the Baseball Hall of Fame at the end of the movie with her family and kids and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Did she have great-grandkids, or were those all, like, like her son or daughter's kids? Um, They call her grandma at the end of the movie, so I think they're all her grandkids. And it's also not, you know, because Gina Davis is 36 when they make this movie, but I don't think Dottie is supposed to be 36. I think Dottie's supposed to be like 25, and I think Kit is supposed to probably be something like 17, if I had to guess. Maybe Dottie's supposed to be like 23 or, I mean, no, not 23, 28, and then um, Kit is like 22 or something because they don't look that far apart. They look like different ages, but they don't look too far apart. So I wouldn't say like 25 and 18. I'll say more like maybe like 23 or or 24 and then like 28 or 29. I think that Dottie's supposed to be pretty young in this movie because you have to remember that um, they have no children. And in the 1940s, women got married pretty much right. If you're talking about a small town like that, where you're marrying the boy next door, they get married right out of high school. So she would have been married by, uh, you know, around 18, 19, 20. And she doesn't have children. And they haven't been just sitting around not having kids for years. Um, You know, it's 1943. If you assume even that Bob went into the war right at 41 when the U.S. got in. Yeah. You know, I, I really don't think she's more than 23. And that's I like it's it's a bummer because I I think that age plays a big role in in expectations, too. And I think that um, they don't it's I don't know, because Gina Davis is a great actor. Like if you're like, hey, do you want Gina Davis in your movie? You you were like, yeah, and we'll put Gina Davis in the movie. That's fine. Let's do it. <laughs> but I don't know. She doesn't quite fit Dottie for me and it it confuses it a little bit i think because she adapts to playing like the role of the grown-up in the room like right jimmy dugan is a fall down drunk and he can't do his job and so she takes on the role of leader on the team even though she's not the only one that's married and has you know a husband off at war um she doesn't even have a kid one of the women on the team is married and has a kid that she's taken around with her you know there there are definitely women who are meant to be um as, as involved in family responsibilities as as she's meant to be but she's clearly that like the elder statesman of the team which is weird when gina, there's such a huge age gap for gina davis like like in real life for that it i think it it confuses a little bit i think also some of it if you look at the name of the league it's the um american girls professional baseball league they don't call it you know women's baseball league um and when the umpire is talking to Jimmy Dugan about the appropriate way to talk to his players, he's like, you know, you need to treat these girls um, nicer and, and don't uh, chastise them. So. Treat them like your mother. Yeah, right. Treat each one do of you, these girls like your mother. Do you think uh, uh, Jimmy Dugan, as a baseball coach, should treat his women players the same way uh, Jimmy Dugan's baseball coach treated him? Like, is that okay, do you think? He would say he was a little too harsh, mm-hmm. 
But in baseball, you have to throw hard and stuff, and you can't just like go crying when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Now he shouldn't have been yelling at her, but she shouldn't have been crying. Hmm. So I agree with his statement: you don't cry in baseball. But I don't agree with him yelling. I see. Okay. Would you be okay with him yelling if she was a guy? Mm. Women and women, men, girls, boys, nothing. So your objection is that coaches should not yell at players. It's not because the you don't agree that he should treat them differently because they're women. You just think coaches should not treat players like that. Yeah. Got it. When you're doing your swimming, have any of your coaches ever yelled at you for not doing as good as you're supposed to? No, there is in our team the best you the best you can be is what is the good is the best you're supp- is what you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What if you aren't trying your hardest? Uh, has one of your coaches yelled at you for that? They don't yell at you, but they'll be like, "I've seen you swim faster. I've seen you done better than this before. Step it up. Try to do better." Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. But they don't like straight out. Hey, you're not doing good enough. Go mm-hmm. faster, do your best. They're like, step it up, step it up. You're not doing your best, and I can see that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to win something, at least you can win having trying your hardest. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't get first place doesn't mean that, or second place, or even get a ticket doesn't mean that you shouldn't try your hardest. Danielle, do you, uh, from when you were a kid playing sports or maybe dance. I don't know if dance is, I guess dance is the same, same boat. You ever get yelled at by your coaches or your teachers, anything like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of other sports. I don't have anything to really compare it to, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they were brutal in dance. Mm -hmm. Like you, you still ballet isn't like that. No, because when I went out and found dance classes for you guys, I very specifically looked for people who were not like that. Um, but you know, my teachers, my choreographers, they were very intense and they would, you know, stop the music halfway through and start yelling like, no, you're not on your mark. Do it again. Do it again. Um, if we weren't on our mark, Sterling Ballet would be like, well, you're missing this. Let's try it again. Listen for your mark. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't like like be like you're not doing this right we're starting it over do it right this time that's right i have a very vivid memory of doing a routine and our choreographer shouting over the music you sound like elephants jesus light feet light feet you stink (laughs) pretty much but didn't you say that you were a teacher for your for your ballet around 11 i did 12 when I was 11 and 12? Is that what you're saying? I was saying like around the time when you were like a teenager. You said that you I, were teaching. I did teach. Yeah, I started teaching classes when I was 15. Oh, that was 11, 12. Yeah, I was a little bit older. Did you scream at your dancers? Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I totally <laughs> did. I'm from the South. We don't accept failure. Like, you know, there's first place and then a lot of last place. Oof. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So hyper competitive. Yeah, yeah. We're super competitive. That, the whole like uh, Dottie and Kit walking and then running, that would totally be me. All right. What else do we need to get into? I'm curious, uh, Claire, what did you think about Tom Hanks's character and his performance here? Was it like very different than how you're used to seeing Tom Hanks? The only thing that was different was his, was his drinking part. Because in all the movies, you at least see him like drink alcohol like once or twice. But in this movie, it's like rapid drinking alcohol until he starts drinking Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Well, like he plays uh, what he's Woody in Toy Story. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a snake in my boot. Yeah, that's Tom Hanks. <laughs> And um and you saw him in Big, right? And what other Tom Hanks movies have you seen? Money House, Money, oh, Pit. Money Pit, Money Pit, and The Burbs, right? Um, yeah. So Money Pit and The Burbs, and then A League of Their Own. I think that's our Tom can, Hanks movie so far. Can you picture Tom Hanks in any of those other movies throwing a baseball glove at a kid and knocking him out? <laughs> Still, well catches that mitt right pit. in the face. Definitely money pit. Oh, you think of money pit? Actually, yeah, he kind of is a little bit of a jerk in the money pit. I think. I think he's stressed out a lot, mm-hmm. but he's he's you could you could maybe see him. 
Because he yells at the kid, the kid, the music executive kid mm-hmm. in the money pit. Um, when he wants to get money from him, mm-hmm. he goes and he chews him out and just screams at him. So, yeah, I could, I could see him doing that in the money pit. Just not with a baseball glove. <laughs> Just not with a baseball glove. That is one of my favorite. Uh, a League of Their Own has a lot of one-liners that I love that I like use all the time in conversation. Um, when he hits Steelwell in the face and goes, ha got him! I love that. Finally! <laughs> yeah, I love that. And there's no crying in baseball. That's another big one. Um, sure. I mean, you guys have watched a couple of sports movies now. Like A lot of sports movies are... Um, the themes that they address and stuff like that can work with any sport. It's just, um, you know, what did that writer want to make a movie about? Yeah, I think like the defining characteristic of a sports movie is how people deal with competitiveness, kind of, um, and how they deal with uh, their opinions of themselves. Okay, let's get the show back on the track. Um, Danielle, what else should we talk about? Well, I noticed during the movie, um, as soon as they brought out the model wearing the women's baseball league uniform, Claire immediately was like, that's a dress. (laughs) So I'm kind of curious, Claire, um, what what do you think about the idea that women have to play professional sports wearing uniforms that are specifically designed to be appealing to men who will come buy tickets? I think they just made it so that it would be like it wasn't all about the baseball mm-hmm. it was all about the women looking pretty mm-hmm. and that's why they made her wear that now i think it would be fine if they actually let them wear pants to let them wear pants and they were allowed to cut the dress off and have their hair short and stuff i think that would be fine so basically but, if they modified the uniform to look like a man's uniform n- no i'm saying they can have the dress just at least add pants because like in one scene in the movie because they didn't have pants they only had like shorts you could see she got when she slid she got that big cut thing on her leg yeah yeah, she got a real bad contusion but you know that that's still a problem like even now um if you if you look at cheerleading which is the first example that pops into my mind there, um, there are competitions for cheerleading. People go for state and national and win scholarships and stuff like that. And it's a really big deal to the athletes who do it. Girls' cheerleading uniforms are itty-bitty tiny skirts. They are not conducive to moving around. They're not really uh, something that you would think of as being worn by an athlete. Um, the boys who do cheerleading wear pants. And there's absolutely no reason that the girls could not wear pants, but they don't. I think it's because they're trying to make a statement. The girls are not boys, and they shouldn't be treated like them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that statement? Don't like it. Okay. I want to be a cheerleader, but if they, but if they tell me I can't be a cheerleader because I want to wear leggings, mm-hmm. or at least shorts, mm-hmm. then I'm just gonna tell them you guys suck. Okay. You suck. You stink, and your cheerleading thing doesn't is terrible. Why? Because they're trying to make the statement that boys are better than girls, and girls shouldn't be treated the same way as boys. Yeah, I guess I'm not clear what you mean by that. What do you mean they should? Because I mean, isn't in the case of a league of their own, the girls are not being treated like the boys. So what I'm saying is, um, be just because they're girls doesn't mean they can't have the stuff that a boy can have. So like cheerleading uniforms, they're like, they're like short skirts. They're like skirts with thick up to here, and then they have little strips on the end, like strips like as thick as your pointer thing and your middle finger. So they're very revealing. Yeah. Yeah. And. So, I don't like that. And the men are allowed to wear pants. They're allowed to wear shorts. And they're like saying that just because that because you're a girl, you can't wear, you can't use the stuff that a man can. I think honestly, what the message there is that people will not pay for tickets to watch athletic events featuring girls and women unless there's some kind of sex appeal element to it. 
And to a certain extent, that appears to be true. If you look at something like um, the WNBA, the women's professional basketball teams, they don't sell out stadiums the same way that the men's teams do. Um, uh, women's soccer is another uh, big one, I think, because they're... Well, I, I, and I mean, I, I think that's a big failure for us because we love soccer, and mm-hmm. there are two professional women's teams in driving distance for us that we could go and support. And I don't think we've even looked into where their stadiums are. Did not know that was a thing. Yep. Nope, I did not. That kind of reminds me of um, of a school near us, of a high school called of Dominion. So we watched, so when we were walking out there the other day, um, it was like the whole stadiums, all the stadiums were full, full of women and men and stuff coming to watch the men's, the men's um, soccer game. And then when we went, then when we watched an, a video of one of the babysitters, um, of one of someone of one of the babysitter's friend's daughter who goes to Dominion and does soccer. Um, we watched a video and there was like there was like less than half the people that there was for yeah, the men. You're you're exactly right. You know, I taught it teach at a high school. Um and uh boys football sells a lot of tickets. People come out to watch that. Um, boys basketball sells a lot of tickets. People come out to watch that. Um, in this area, boys lacrosse sells a lot of tickets. I don't personally understand that because it's a stupid game. But what is the lacrosse where like they hold like the handlebars and little like, like butterfly nets? nets. Yeah, oh, run yeah, around we like six year old girls. We were yeah. like watching, and it was like, and I was like, and Miss M and Miss and our babysitter was like, I can't remember the name. It starts with an L, and I was like, is it lacrosse? And she's like, probably not. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's lacrosse, um, but it's really popular here, and those sell a lot of tickets. But when our girls' teams played, and it didn't really matter what sport it was. Of course, there isn't a girls' football team, um, but we had girls' basketball, and uh, field hockey was another really popular team. We had a great girls' soccer team, um, and they did all kinds of things, like buy one ticket, get two free. Bring your whole family. It's really cheap. Or buy a ticket, we'll give you a free hot dog. Like, just trying to basically bribe people to come out and watch and support the girls' teams because people don't come. Why do you think that is? Because people think that boys and girls are different because of their gender and what they wear. Like, at school, boys in my class are, like, saying, because you're you're a girl, you shouldn't be wearing pants, you should be wearing skirts and skorts and stuff like that. You shouldn't be allowed to wear shorts. Wait, 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 wait. Has somebody at your school actually said that to you? Yeah. They're like, they're like, I don't think girls should be wearing leggings, but it was like a, but it was like a first grader. They, like, walked up and they saw that girls were wearing leggings and shorts and they're like, Aren't girls supposed to wear skirts? Hmm. That sounds like a kid repeating what their parents have are talking about. Because I know whether or not schools should allow leggings is a big debate. Hmm. Um, but I'm I one of the things I think is really interesting when you're talking about American attitudes, in particular towards women and and sports, is you have like some people who feel like, oh, well, the games aren't as interesting because they're not as good, they're not as strong, they're not as fast, they're not as whatever. Which we know is not true. And um, there's some people's like, this game is terrible because it's played by a girl. Or this game is amazing because it's played by a boy. Yeah, then and then I think you also have other people who, even when the girls are really talented, they're like, oh, but, you know, now they're masculine. I don't want to see that. Like in one show I watched, I don't remember the name, they're like, you don't want to be more masculine than a boy is because then no one's going to marry you. Right, yeah. That's well. You saw that with uh, Marla in the movie, yeah, right. Like she, they didn't even want her in the league initially because she wasn't feminine and pretty. Um, And then the and then Kit and Dottie, Mm -hmm. like just were like, we're not going unless you let Marla because she's an amazing player, and just because she's not pretty doesn't. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, when her hair was curled and she had makeup on and stuff, she wasn't ugly at all. You know, the difference was that she dressed in a more masculine fashion. She walked in a more masculine fashion. Um, she wasn't 
like. She didn't look like a pinup model. It's a pinup model. Um, it was something in the forties in particular where uh, they would make like calendars and things like that, and you would pin it up in your garage or wherever you were, and that's why they were called pinups. Um, and they would be dressed um, in a very uh, like risque fashion for the time. Now they had more clothes on than a bikini. So, I mean, you would not consider it like uh, racy or anything, but at the time they were considered very sexy because most women wore a lot more clothes than that. That kind of reminds me of Liv and Maddie. How so? So Liv is a girl player for a girls basketball team, and she is amazing. And when she tried to get a college scholar for basketball, they thought that she was a man mm-hmm. because she always tied her hair back, and then it looked like her hair was very short, and she always wore glasses, and people thought that she was a man until she showed them her hair. So then they thought. So then they showed videos of her playing basketball, and they thought that she was a man until until they came for an interview, and she was wearing, and she was a girl, and then they're like, "Oh no, we're not even having the interview because you're a girl. You can't come in this basketball camp because you're a girl. Only boys are allowed here because boys are better than girls." And they showed two videos compared, and they compared two videos on the show, and the and Liv, mainly Maddie. Liv is a singer. Maddie was way better than that boy. He couldn't even dribble. Mm-hmm. He could shoot. He couldn't dribble, though. And she could dribble. She could do tricks. She could even throw the basketball in the air. She could, like, bounce it on the floor, and then it would, like, bounce off the ceiling right into the hoop. She could throw it from backwards and be able to see it. Some people called her uh, Some people called her eyes on the back of her head Maddie because she would always, so when she shot backwards, she always made it. She never... Yeah, but she wasn't a boy. Yeah. So it was, like, not that good. And you see that with uh, a little bit in the movie where Marla's dad... But everyone comes to her games, and then in, in like, real life, barely anyone would come to a game from the... I mean, Maddie. No, unfortunately, you're correct. There's just not going to be a big turnout um, for girls' sports teams. And, And that's ridiculous. But, you know, your dad makes an interesting point. Like, our house is very pro women athletics. We love soccer. And we have not bothered to go out and watch the uh, women's. women's soccer team. So I think it's really easy to, well, my parents never took me to that, so I don't seek it out. I wonder, I was really wanting to do like um, soccer when I got to like high school. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like just because I was a girl, not everyone would come to my games. And like I'm amazing at soccer, and maybe I could do baseball because like I'm not very good at hitting the ball, but I can throw a perfect pitch. Well, unfortunately, um, to my knowledge, there are no girls baseball teams in public schools currently. They have softball teams. They do not have baseball teams, which is kind of crap. But that you know that's you see that a lot in this attitude that like oh well girls can't handle baseball so we're just not going to have one we don't have a girls football team um there are some schools uh, your dad and I went to a college where they had a girls soccer team but they didn't have a men's soccer team because that was they considered that one of the few sports girls could be good at um and they needed to have balance between the number of men's teams and the number of women's teams so they didn't have a men's soccer team um, but typically what you'll find is just an absence of girls' teams. Would men pretend to be girls to get on the soccer team? No, they just went to different colleges if they wanted to play soccer. Would girls pretend to be boys if they wanted to play, like, baseball or something? There have been some instances of girls pretending to be boys to get on various teams, but it's not very common. Um, there's currently a, a female college football player that's playing on the men's teams. You know, I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting watching you guys swim last year in the uh, in your sister's age division, they segregate everything by gender. So they have boys six and under, girls six and under, boys eight and under, girls eight and under, and that kind of thing. Um, and um, I'm pretty sure they do that because some of the people on the team mm-hmm. are saying. Well, well, they, I'm pretty sure they used to do that because some of the people um, said that they used to do that, but then pe- uh, then a whole lot of parents complained that 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 the girls wouldn't have a lot of chances because they think that the boys were faster than the girls, so they started separating it. 
Well, it's basically segregation, but instead of African-Americans and specific religions versus white people, you are doing it between boys and girls. And that's like a really problem. Well, but my point, though, what I was trying to say is, um, you know, Harper, your sister, was one of the fastest kids in her age division. And her times were always faster than the boys. 100% of the time was faster than faster than the boys. Um and several of the other girls in her age group were faster than the boys. And we went to some meets where we didn't have any boys that competed in their age division. Um, and so our team didn't get to race against their team for the boys six and under. But we had girls that absolutely could have taken their players. Um, but we couldn't race them in that. They had to race in the girls' side. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Last year when we were, like, practicing for one, for the last – for the couple last – for the last couple of meets, we, I was um, in like, I was the only girl in one lane. All the rest were boys and it was like six boys and one girl. me, And I was swimming and I left all the boys in the dust. Well, the water, because we're not like running, mm-hmm. but like they were so far behind. I was like two yards ahead of them swimming and they never could catch up with me one boy caught up with me but then he fell back behind because he got too tired swimming and i was like swimming and i wasn't even panting yeah like i could have gone way faster but because your butterfly is really good but you know the but i was mainly swimming like freestyle and like the actual like forwards not the back not um Back, backstroke backstroke we're gonna have to work on this before tryouts <laughs> backstroke and then um i was doing the other stroke i like to do the front crawl and i did it way faster than them when we were doing backstroke wait i wasn't too fast i was like one yard ahead of them but i still beat them butterfly five yards ahead of them <laughs> and then um breaststroke i was like couple in- i was like a couple inches but the like the the inch, point though the point good. though that we were getting at is that boys this idea that you were talking about that parents have that boys are just naturally going to be faster um if you're talking about swimming specifically a lot of your speed comes from your arm muscles and once boys go through puberty they do have uh, an increased ability to build arm muscles faster and larger than women i mean that's biological science has to do with the size of the bones and the amount of space that muscles can attach to and things like that but none of those differences emerge until puberty um Yet, we have four age divisions in swimming that are younger than that, where they're still segregating them. So, you know, some of it has to do with, well, uh, this is fair, this is not fair. But also, a lot of it has to do with just preconceived attitudes that people come in with, where, you, like you said, they just assume the boys are going to be faster. And in fact, they're not always going to be faster. All right. Well, I, I think we've we've kind of covered a lot of the things that we need to cover for A League of Their Own. Claire, is there anything that you feel like we haven't talked about in the movie that probably we should before we throw it over to the other side? No. All right. Uh, Danielle, is there anything else that you want to talk about for A League of Their Own before we throw it over to just me and you? No, I don't think so. All right, Claire, why don't you throw it over to us on the other side? Well, I'll see you guys next time in Hidden Figures. Yeah. But I'm going to throw it over to my mom and dad on the other side. So peace out. See you later. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. This used to be the place I ran to. Right, so that's a league of their own with Claire and Danielle. This is a different section now because you're here also to talk. So uh, I think you mean better. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously it's better. <laughs> There's no question about that. Um, so I, I guess really the first thing though is now you've been through the gauntlet of podcasting with Claire. What did you think about that? I. Thought previously that the most challenging thing about your podcasting experience with Claire would be how many times she interrupts movies to ask questions, mm. especially questions that they'll answer in 15 seconds if she would just be quiet. <laughs> um, but I was wrong. 
I was wrong. The most <laughs> challenging thing about trying to podcast with Claire is is getting her to talk about the movie while talking about the movie. It's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, you know, I I've, I found that to be an interesting thing because the first few conversations that we had, you know, and she would kind of spiral off into her, I'm, you know, making a contextual relation. Um, I was like, oh, okay, uh, it's not quite the movie, but uh, I see what you're doing there. All right, I can work with it. We can we can kind of talk like that. Um, and I've gotten more comfortable with it. But it is jarring to have a conversation with a person who feels as though they are talking 100% about the movie while mentioning nothing about the movie. It's it's a kid thing, though, because as a teacher, that is like every day in a classroom. Mm. Because, um, you know, one of the things that we're trained to do is to um, give feedback that's always positive. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to go to a class where their teacher's like, shut up, you're wrong. Mm. Um but I I would say things like, okay, so, you know, we watched this documentary. What did you think about, um, you know, the, the uh, chlorine process in the meat factory? And this kid would, you know, would raise their hand and then tell me a story about the cow that they had when they were in second grade. And, and it's just like, <laughs> and, and you, you have to really work it. Uh, oh, well, that's, a very, mm-hmm. so what you're saying is, and I would just <laughs> paraphrase back what I wanted them to say that had nothing to do whatsoever with what they said. And about half the times the kids would catch on and be like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's totally what I said. Mm-hmm. And the other half of the time they would be like, no. And they would reiterate the story. Right. <laughs> so. Um, so I don't think that's a Claire thing. I definitely think that that is a kid thing. No, I don't think it's a Claire thing either. And uh, like... I think that's been an interesting part of the experience for me with this is, you know, um, I do not teach. I'm not a teacher. Uh, obviously, I interact with their kids and I, I teach our kids stuff, but um, I don't really interact with kids like in mass in a group anymore. And it's I don't know. It's been um, rewarding to like learn the skill of, you know, keeping her on topic and and like where that fine line of like pushing her back in the direction of the movie versus kind of letting her sort of freewheel and make connections. Because I think some of her connections are very interesting. And, you know, having seen some of the shows that she mentioned, I'm like, oh, okay. So she, like, I, I, I see her totally understanding the point of the movie. And I think that that's cool. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the movie nerd part of me who is obsessive and compulsive is like, but we need to talk about the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what she's doing, you know, yeah. um, which I think is a cool thing. And she's relating it to examples that she can understand, um, which especially I think in terms of baseball makes sense because she doesn't understand the rules of baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's a little bit easier for her to talk about the, the points that she wants to make yeah. using examples that are more familiar. And I think, um, you know, especially with a League of Their Own where – I, I think it follows a very straightforward template of a sports movie where you, you know, you follow the team along through the highs and lows, and then they make it to the big game at the end of the movie. Um, but with baseball, you know, it's, I forget if they were a five game series or a seven. It was a seven series. game series. But, you know, it's a seven game series. And so you get to the end and they do this montage of events until Gina Davis shows up. That's actually like four or five of the games of the world series. Right. And um, I, I don't know. It's like if you don't know the way that the World Series is structured, I, th- I really think it's got to be hard to grasp the tension of the like the rising tension of that. Like, well, definitely. And there's no, um, you know, the the movie that immediately came to mind for me was Miracle. So all the games that it shows them playing leading up to the Olympics are a mm-hmm. much smaller arena. Uh, just a much smaller scale yeah. than, you know, an Olympic game in a great big stadium with, with thousands of people. Um, you don't really have that difference in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. All the stadiums are the same size. Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably since there's only four teams in the league, they're just rotating between the four stadiums over and over again. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that really changes is the size of the crowd, but that happens kind of towards the end of the season. That's not exclusive to the world series. And mm-hmm. I don't know that Claire's ever watched the world series because you and Gosh, I stopped yeah. watching baseball when they all started juicing. 
Yeah, uh, steroids killed my interest in baseball, and um, that's kind of a bummer because I, you know, I was a big baseball fan growing up, and um, I watched a lot of that stuff. And and then you get kind of into the Mark McGuire era, and then Barry Bonds, and and all the stories that come out of that, and it, and it just becomes profoundly obvious that most of the greats are juicing at that point, and and it's a bummer. It's a bummer moment for sports. It um, is, and then a lot of the other scandals. Um, you know, I think really turned me off to a lot of it. Um, like A-Rod comes to mind. Mm. I, there's like a fascinating history of baseball in America um, where you can see a lot of like the like the corporate money intent and the way that they're marketing it and the way that it's a money-making machine and sort of how they do it. Um, and like baseball is particularly fascinating to me because it's, it's you know, it's America's sport. Soccer is not America's sport. I grew up playing a sport that is Europe's sport. You know, like I'm, I might as well, you know, I'm a socialist round ball fan. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's me. I was going to say commie ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like baseball is America's pastime and there's this whole huge narrative to it about heroes and the sports uh, field and uh, the way that we idolize these people is the best of us. And they're meant to be these cultural role models for us and and you know even even the men players have have the that burden sort of heaped on them you know you keep your drinking in private um so that you put forward this all-american attitude right and like that to me is like an absolutely fascinating essential piece of like the friction of idealism and money making in america and there's so much to talk about to baseball but like the the entry the barrier to entry is pretty steep because you really have to kind of, I think, grow up appreciating the sport to understand that emotional attachment to it. I haven't watched um, a game of baseball since I got frustrated with the juicing and quit the sport um, in in years. I, I think when we first moved up here, we went to a Washington Nationals game, but that was 18 years ago. No. No, when you I first I. moved up here. When I first moved up yeah, here. Yeah, but you and I went to some Nationals games. But like before the kids were born. Yeah, I guess. So that's like 2005, 2006. So it's still like 15 years since I've been to a baseball game. And I don't know, like that. I'm surprised to find myself bummed out by that. I haven't thought about that in a long time. But the whole tone of the game changed for me. I thought I was a huge Braves fan like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I could still probably rattle off their starting lineup if I had to. Sure. Um, But, you know, I'm thinking like... David Justice and Fred McGriff and Javier oh, shit. Lopez. Fred McGriff. <laughs> yeah. Like Javi they were Lopez. Yeah, Boy. loved them. But they were, you know, McGriff and Lopez, they were both considered heavy hitters for the Braves, but they looked like athletes. They did not look like weight weightlifters. Yeah, sure. exactly. Which uh, is strongmen. Yeah. But but once they started bulking up, uh, steroids or not, obviously steroids, but um just that cheating element aside once the players got a lot bulkier yeah you know they were relying more on home runs and less on stealing bases and sliding into home and you know they ran slower because they were bigger um it definitely changed the sport it just changed the whole sport and it wasn't as fun for me yeah um what's your uh what are your favorite sports movies of all time sure uh remember the titans miracle um league of their own obviously um i think those are the three big ones for me so really they're all uh movies that feature coaches that scream at people that's really that's that's what makes a sports movie for me um is a coach that cares more about winning than anything else Uh, yeah that's you know, that's like, I don't, uh, I'm not totally sure how to have that conversation with Claire in the context of like a league of their own while we're talking about it. But like, you know, there is something to be said for sort of like this toxic competitive idea of masculinity and the way that, because I am, I, my reaction to that is like, yes, coaches scream at their players. And when you suck, somebody comes up to you and says, you're a piece of human garbage. And if you don't fucking fix it, you're going to get kicked off this team because fuck you. And you're 12, and this is the conversation that you're having with your coach, right? I, That's normal. I remember uh, my dance teacher drove me home from practice one day, and um, I was very upset because one of the other teachers had just totally reamed me up one side down the other. Um, and the one who was driving me home owned the studio. Mm-hmm. And so, she, you know, she said, hey, like, 
are you okay? You seem sad. And I told her what happened and I fully expected her to be like, oh, that's terrible. She's fired, Mm. you know, but she didn't. What she said was, well, that's a compliment. And I was like, (laughs) no, she called me fat and stupid. It is definitely not a compliment. Yeah. Um, And she was like, no, 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 because if she didn't see potential in you, she wouldn't waste her time. Yeah. And I, I definitely internalized that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when I see coaches in movies um, screaming at players, you know, I'm like, oh, well, he just wants them to be better. Yeah. And it, it's definitely, I think, maybe a broken aspect. Oh, totally. Totally broken. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when Claire was like, oh, no, 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 I just don't think anybody should scream at you, challenge you to do your best, yes, but not scream at you. And I was right. like, well, Those how the do they talk thing, to you? Right? <laughs> are you gonna hear them i don't understand exactly i um i do think some of that though is where we grew up i do because like uh, you know i talk to a lot of parents here Mm -hmm. and uh we're we're very much in the heart of everybody gets a trophy territory um and the the like you couldn't when you asked claire if her coaches ever yell at her i kind of had to not laugh in her face because (laughs) there is no coach in this area that could yell at a player. The parents would be down their throat in half a second. Mm. Um, You know, nobody yells at their precious. I don't know. I'm like, uh, let's see, I'm 36. I'm going to be 37 um, soon. And I'm 23. Sure. That's cool. You'd be 23. Keep being 23 every year. It, it, it just suits you more and more, Danielle. Um, no, but when I was like 16 or 17, I have a memory of playing like competitive travel soccer and the coach would scream at the team because that's how coaches talk to teams. Right. Like not like in a bad way, just right. in a way that like coaches just yell at you. That's what they do. Um, and I, like, I still have a memory of doing something, um, very correct. Right. And just like that particular play, right. Or whatever that you do. I just, I did it exactly correct. And I knew that it was exactly correct when I did it. And I was like, all right, good, good, good. That's what that feels like. Great. Good. All right. Learning moment. And the coach stopped and screamed at the team, but I was the example of what they should aspire to Mm. if they did not want to be human garbage. And that memory stands out in my head as a good memory. I'm like, ah, the day when I mattered and was worth something. It's so great. Absolutely. Um, we got when I was seventeen. We got these um, costumes. We did a dance to American Woman, and our costume looked like somebody had shredded an American flag and wrapped it around your body. I remember that. Um, and they were not flattering. <laughs> I remember they, that. They were, they were <laughs> white, white pants, low cut white pants with basically a crop top and red stripes going down the legs and so if you had any curves at all your stripes were not straight um and uh so people were trying them on and our dance teacher was like well i know some people who aren't eating until the show because you guys look ridiculous and da 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 and i heard her she didn't even say it to me i just heard her say to someone else i mean danielle looks good in the pants and i was like yeah the rest of y'all suck <laughs> I'm broken every other day, but today I am right. Exactly. Today, yeah. my freakishly long legs are doing America proud. <laughs> but I don't carry that memory around with me every no, single day for no, the rest of my life. And it not. damaged me mm-hmm. as a human being. And, nope. You know, but it's all fine. No, it's fine. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that we should get into? I think, you know, one of the things that when we were talking to her, um, I I really wanted to hear what she thought about um you know just like low attendance at women's sporting events and you know the the uniform issue and things like that um and i was a little bit disappointed that she was so nonchalant about it mm-hmm. you know um but then as i was thinking about it i was like well of course she is i mean that's the society that she is yeah living in yeah like you know she's not going to find that extremely weird because it's still like that yeah it's just how it is yeah so that I I think maybe I was hoping that she would learn something, but maybe I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know weirdly I find that's how a lot of these podcasts go with Claire. Um, I continually underestimate her like her perspective and her observation skills. Uh, she's usually pretty sharp. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess on that note, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. 
Um, Danielle is in witness protection program, uh, so she's not giving out any of her social medias. I guess if you're friends with her on Facebook already, you should say, hey, thanks for doing the podcast. You should do that again. And then maybe she'll come back out and do it again. And that'd be great. Um, if you don't already follow the podcast on Twitter, you can find us. Uh, you can find Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures at B A C E A Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you have not subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, we sure would appreciate it if you would, and if you would drop us a five star rating. That is exactly the sort of help that only listeners like you can provide, and it's the sort of thing that will help us as we look to grow our audience. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at WBDAS. And as always, this is an In the Mouth of Dorkness production. You can follow that podcast at ItModcast on Twitter and Facebook. And you can follow the other dorks, Brad Gullickson at MouthDork, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren, uh, Brian Young at The Turtle Dork, and Darren Smith at The Disco Dork on all social medias. And that'll do it for us this time. Until next time. There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy?